Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. And why do you think they do a panel versus just a one-on-one or maybe one-on-two? Because they want to intimidate you and make you and ruin your life. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma, I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. Em, who are we shouting out this week? We're shouting out Lynn. Lynn accepted a job offer making almost double what she's earning now. She had an interview coaching session with Sarah and said the most valuable thing she learned was outlining your career highlights or best bits and categorizing them into themes to answer the interview questions. She said she doesn't think she'd be in this position if she hadn't used our pod and the session to prepare. Congrats, Lynn. What a good result. Can you imagine your income doubling? Oh my God, that's life changing. If you want results like Lynn, check out Sarah's one-on-one sessions. You can find out all about them at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. Sometimes I'm like, why can't I do that? Why can't I double my own salary? (laughs) Yeah, we're giving the advice how to do it, but we don't live the truth. Every month we actually choose one of our Shoot Your Shot shout out listeners to receive an interview boss gift box and that has a whole heap of fun stuff in it to help you in your job search or in your new job and to celebrate as well so if you liked one of our episodes used a tip that we sent you or you want to request an episode specifically on your situation slide into our dms we've been answering so many really great questions in there lately i'm loving it and this episode is actually from somebody who requested we do an episode on this That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I remember we said a few episodes ago that we hardly get any DMs. Well, you guys have been DMing us. Thank you so much. It's giving us valuable content. Let's get into it. Today, we're going to talk about panel interviews. Bit different to just a one-on-one interview. There's a whole panel of them. That's right. There's more than just one. Overall, though, I think it's the same as a regular interview and all the preparation you're doing should really be the same, regardless of how many people there are there. And why do you think they do a panel versus just a one-on-one or maybe one-on-two? Because they want to intimidate you and ruin your life. (laughs) Kidding. No, there's multiple (laughs) stakeholders involved. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, you should think about it like this. Instead of making you come in and meet with four different people, four separate interviews, they're just putting them all in the one room. So it's much easier that way. Knock it over with. Yeah, exactly. And 
to be honest, most companies I've worked for have been really hesitant to put three people on an interview because they know it's really intimidating. So they normally try and cap it out at two, maybe two interviewers, one to take notes, maybe, but most companies I know max it out at two. So they'll do two people in the first round and two people in the second if they have to get four people's opinions. That's a good number because I had an interview with two people to get into my first role at my current company and I didn't find that overwhelming. But if you had thrown a third person in there, I would have. You don't feel too outnumbered with two. Yeah, exactly. So I would say a panel is probably three or more. But um, yeah, we've heard from some of our listeners that they're having some pretty brutal, you know, lengthy panel interviews with lots of people. So our advice doesn't change for as far as preparing for the interview goes and what to expect, just that there's going to be a new person asking you a question. But here are some little tips. Firstly, find out who's on the panel. This one's a bit easy. They may not tell you this up front, but I think it's worth asking. If they're saying, okay, our next stage is a panel interview, you're going to be interviewed by a panel. Just ask, reply via email, give them a call, whatever it is, find out, are you able to let me know who's on the panel so that I can prepare? There's nothing wrong with asking that question. If they say no, they can't tell you, well, then you still don't know, right? There's nothing wrong with asking. Makes you sound prepared and professional as well. And if you can find out who's on the panel, well, what you're going to do with that information is use it. So you research each interviewer. Exact same advice that we normally give you, except that this time you've got multiple people to look up and work out what their job is and what their perspective might be on the role. So traditionally, I would say you probably have someone who's the direct boss, maybe someone who's that boss's boss. So like a one up, a two up leader, I guess. And then maybe someone who's like another stakeholder. So that could be HR, that could be the recruiter, like the talent acquisition person, or it might be someone from like a different area who's like a bit of an outsider sitting in. So you want to know what perspective they're coming from. Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step-by-step-by-step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits, and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. Next, share the love. So is this just, you know, simple as that? Looking around, sharing eye contact, engaging with each person? Definitely. But it also means make sure you're not biasing who you're talking to by the research that you've done on who each interviewer is. If there's someone really senior in the room and you spend the whole time looking and talking to them, the other interviewers are going to get annoyed. Same thing, check your bias as well. If there's a female in the room and you ignore them, they're not going to be happy with you, okay? And they very well might be the actual decision maker. So even though you know what everyone does, Treat them as if they're all equally involved in the decision to hire you or not. Because they probably are. There's a reason they're there. That is exactly right. And if one of them like 
raises a red flag, the other two are going to listen. They're in the room because their opinion is important. And it's not something they're going to be super sensitive to. Oh, she looked at me 45% and she looked at you 50 something percent. It's just if you're completely ignoring someone, they're going to pick it up. And I've been subject to that before where I've been in the room and they ignore me. And it's just an icky feeling. It gives you red flags about their culture fit. But our listeners wouldn't do that. Yeah, for sure. Because they think, oh, you're just the HR person, you're just the female in the room or whatever. And if they're already someone who's quite egotistical, that might feed into your impression of going, "Mm, I don't think this person's going to work out. Also, really helpful to remember their names. (laughs) This can be hard to do, but Oh, so hard. But see, if you've researched before, you can practice their names as well and you've got their photos so you'll be able to like... Yeah, see, all the steps are linked. Exactly. Get your significant other to print off pictures of their head and play a flashcard <laughs> game of memorising their names. <laughs> Get really creepy. You can put your like all your stuffed animals with the photos on their faces and practice in a room. <laughs> um. Okay, I don't know that our demographic of listeners has multiple stuffed animals, a collection of stuffed animals. Well, I think I was going to say like family members, but then I thought realistically, whose family members are all going to sit in a room wearing a mask (laughs) just so you can practice your interview? So I really downgraded the level of effort required. Why do they have to wear a mask? No, like the mask of the faces of the interviewers. (laughs) Because the whole idea is so that you know what their names are. Right. Okay. That got weird. Anyway, refer to things that others have asked. Yes. This links to remembering their names, right? You can say things like, and this is what I'd encourage with a panel interview. No, wait, wait, wait. Let me do it. Let me do it. And Jenny, just to touch on what you said back there, to circle back on that, I really think that we need to blah, blah, blah. And yeah, John, a bit of what you said about how the business strategy is to blank I really can see taking that, yeah, you know? Excellent. You make them feel like you're listening. That is exactly, exactly what I was talking about. And if you don't know their names, and I'm the worst person with names ever, I really, really struggle with this, bring it in in your notebook. The notebook strikes again. Bring your dorky notebook in. If someone comes into an interview with me, I'm going to be like, have you listened to my podcast? And they've got a notebook. One of our listeners, did you see the DM recently? She said she took in a little notebook. Oh, it might have been for an online interview. So maybe it's not as great, but like that made me happy. I know. Yeah. Like if you know, you know, the notebook is powerful and you can write the interviewer's names in it. Even if you were going in and you sat down and you had a pen and a notebook and you wrote their names down in the notebook in the order that they were sitting in front of you, that's what I would do. I'd be like Jenny, Robert and Oliver. How random are those names that I just came up with? What the hell? Yeah, wow. Anyway, I can't imagine myself ever doing that. So I'm probably going to be the one that gives advice and doesn't take it. I probably wouldn't do that. It's so hard to say. Just as you were saying earlier so-and-so, like how do you refer to them if you don't know their name though? That's the hard thing, particularly if it's online because in person you can kind of get away with it by pointing to them and being like, oh, as you were saying and like gesturing. No, online it's great because if you're on a Zoom meeting, their little name's down there. It's fine. So you can get away with it either way. Yeah, you don't have that problem at all. Also, eye contact online, you just stare at the camera the whole time. And you're making eye contact with all three of them equally. (laughs) You don't have to look at their little boxes because they're not going to be able to tell. (laughs) And our last one for panel interviews is to tailor your questions in your little notebook at the end to each person. And I think this should be based on 
your research as well. So for example, if you worked out that someone was the big boss, you might ask them specifically something about where the company's headed or what the company plan is in the next five years and you can address it to them. You can address some questions just to everyone, but you could also address if you knew someone was like the HR person or something, you could address a question about the company culture to them if that was something you were going to ask and then a question to your manager about what the team's like, for example. So it's nice to have something for each person ready so that you can engage with each of them. I think they'd be really flattered by that, to be honest. Boom. There you have it, a short, sharp, little how-to guide on panel interviews. Nothing groundbreaking, but I hope it's helpful. Well, the thing is, they're not that different. They're really not. You're going to be fine. Don't freak out. It's just they're really saving you because instead of doing three interviews, you get to use all your great answers. You only have to do it once. You can impress all three of them at the same time. Yeah, look at the bright side. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our Aussie accents, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, or even better yet, tell someone about the show. That's how we hit the charts and we can help even more people get their jobs. For more advice, inspiration, and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>